0: Welcome, welcome back to DB and the Heeb. You got myself, DB, and you got, as always, the Heebster. Heebster, how are we doing tonight? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. This is uh,
1: maybe we got one more, one more uh, pod where you're going to be in the great
0: state of Texas, and uh, then moving on up, moving on out, right? That is correct, my man. Over the weekend, I'll be gone. I won't be able to watch as much football. I'll be traveling across the country to get moved and go from there, I guess.
1: Well, maybe that'll do well for me this week with uh, maybe some of your picks. I got some ground to make up. Let's just say that.
0: You got some <laughs> ground to make up. Uh, I went 2-1 again this weekend. You went 1-2. Yeah,
1: the uh, SEC is not treating me well this year, that's for sure.
0: no. It is not. We'll get back into that in a minute, but I think we'll just start off with just a little bit of the Ryder Cup and then we'll we'll bust out into football from there. Ryder Cup ended up being a complete shit show for Team USA, and I don't really have a lot of words for this. It was, like I said, a complete shit show. Everything from day one started awful. As we were on the last pod having some drinks, watching a little Ryder Cup as we wrapped it up for you. You felt like it could have turned. And then once the back nine started on the first round, the whole thing was over on day one. You get swept in the morning rounds. You split a couple in the afternoon rounds. You don't win anything. First time a number one player in the world does fails to win any match at the Ryder Cup. The best pairing of the week looked like to be Harmon and... Oma, to be honest, for the USA, but guys that just barely got in. Yeah, I mean, they got in on qualifying. There's no world where they were going to pick Brian Harmon if you didn't qualify for it. If these guys don't qualify, if Harmon doesn't win the the Open Championship, he's not in. So,
1: and it's, what what it's a way fun. to award him for his uh, reward him for his uh, his first uh, Ryder Cup that he's ever. And probably, you know, most likely his only Ryder Cup that he'll have in his career. Uh, just to come straight out the gate and just, you know, lay an egg right away. We, on the last pod, we, we get all pumped up about the Ryder Cup. I mean, I love the event. I think it's amazing. Especially whenever it's over in Europe. I don't know why. Maybe I just like to be brutalized. I mean, is there any way? I, I really think these guys are so young that they saw what happened last year and they just don't look at history. Because they're so young. They're like, oh, if we just show up, you know, these guys are going to fold. That is not the history of the Ryder Cup. The history of the Ryder Cup is us getting our butts kicked most of the time. <laughs> if, in all honesty, if we're going to call a spade a spade, you know, there are things that I'd like to see before I die. And on, the, on, that, on that list would be a Ryder Cup victory for the USA in Europe. Uh, It hasn't happened in 30 years. I'm dating myself here. I was not watching golf at 10 years old. Uh, You know, I was not a huge Ryder cup guy. I was playing with Legos and doing all kinds of other stuff. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. If they were playing, I probably would have watched it, but I'd like to see them actually compete. And it just does not seem to come to fruition. And so these young guys show up and they think they're just going to get the trophy handed over because of what happened at whistling Straits. Meanwhile, Team Europe is motivated over what happened at Whistling Straits, a total beatdown that is out of character. And they remember history, it seems, and we do not. It reminds me kind of a, of a college football game where, you know, guys show up that they think the trophy is going to be in the locker room in the visitor's locker room uh, right whenever they kick it off because they're, you know, 25-point favorites or whatever. And uh, they think they just don't have to, to show up. And that seems to be what happened. I mean, I know there were some questions about some of our top players not playing much before the Ryder Cup. That seems like that's a huge mistake. It seems like they just weren't ready, uh, whether that's on the uh, the captain, Zach Johnson. There's some questionable decisions, questionable pairings. We can do that. But if you look throughout history, I mean, let's start with with it being over really before it began. We were on the pod and we were talking about it. Um uh, I think there's a little bit of confusion on on uh, four ball versus uh, four sum, but four sum alternate shot. The 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 US is, I mean, it is very difficult, very difficult. But Team Europe always seems to to do better than that, better than us at the foursome, and it's hard. I get it, but we got to be able to put some team com- com- camaraderie together. To be able to, hey, we're gonna do alternate shot, and we're gonna pick the guys up. I don't want to hear about your playing with a different ball. I don't want to hear about any of that. Team Europe seems to have no problems with it. You're in, you know, every two years, and uh, I think that was a big difference. It set the tone, and instead of us trying to win it, it was like, oh, well, let's not make it be, you know, well, let's not make, let's make sure they don't blow us out to the point where they they,
0: they take the uh,
1: the the biggest victory margin of victory away from us. What we did, you know, two years ago.
0: Yeah, it felt like that. It was kind of an embarrassment. I think there was a lot of animosity in the U.S. locker room. There's a lot of talk about things with Shafley and Cantley on wanting to be paid, other players not wanting to play with Kepka because he's on live. There was no team element to Team USA. Zach Johnson, terrible... Also, the worst finish to any Ryder Cup of all time. At some point in time, you got to just line up and say, hey, this guy's got to make a putt. Ricky Fowler, you felt like you were about to get beat. You conceded the putt. You can't concede a four-footer. You don't concede a four-footer anywhere else. Just just to get off of it, because USA wasn't going to win. And... We knew that after day one, it was over. It was interesting to watch. We basically would have had a sweep, the individual matches. But I thought there was a big, a lot of talk that players were asking constantly on both sides for putts to be conceded and walking up to three footers and being conceded. And if they weren't conceded, they were looking at the guy like, what do you think? I'm going to miss this. Give it, give it give
1: it given given it your track record, it's possible you might. <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean
0: <laughs> and it did happen. Um the that last match of the day, Wyndham Clark stopped conceding the putts, and Robert McIntyre started lipping out and missing putts from three and four feet away because he stopped conceding the putts and said that's enough. You gotta put them out and started uh-huh. making a comeback.
1: I mean, I, I love looking at this from a different lens of, like, where – because this is a very young team, obviously. There's a lot of young players on this team that don't really understand history. And uh, really, you know, I, I mentioned it before about let's just show up and, you know, we've got the better team. We have the more talent. We're going to just – you know, they're just going to give us the trophy. I mean, is this somewhere that we are as a country, too? Like, th- th- does that culture leak into these guys' psyche – where you're playing for your country here. You know, we're so divided as a country right now. Everybody's like, oh, get your money, go do this. Everybody's got brands. Everybody has all this stuff going on. And this is why the whole Cantley thing just really upsets me so much because it's this is about playing for your country. And it's not like your Team USA in NBA basketball where we're just dominating the dream team every year goes in and just dominates and dominates and dominates. This is the Ryder Cup. And the Ryder Cup history is that America doesn't do well. They don't do well. Bottom line, they don't do well. Last year was, or two years ago, excuse me, at Whistling Straits was amazing. It was so awesome. But how many times have I seen that since I've been watching golf? Not that many. Not that many. There's not a lot of U.S. wins whenever it comes to the Ryder Cup. So you, you, you break through. You finally get it done at Whistling Straits, and then you show up, and then next thing you know, I'm here in fractured locker room. This is going on. Somebody wants to get paid. This guy's not wearing a hat. Is it because he wants to get paid? Is it because he's getting married in a couple weeks? Who cares? Why are we talking about it? We should be talking about trying to win the Ryder Cup, something that you haven't done in 30 years on European soil, something that I would like to see as a fan right? I mean, this is ridiculous. Why are we having all these distractions? You guys aren't that good to be like, oh, I'm worried about my brand and what I'm going to do. It's, this is not an individual thing. Hence the reason why we can't seem to get anything done in alternate shot. Oh, it's the other guy's fault. You know, I go to the uh, Scotty Scheffler and uh, Brooks Kepka on the second day. Oh, Scotty's not really playing that well. Brooks has the worst round, that I've seen him ever really play, guys missing left, guys missing right. I mean, it's absolutely terrible. Are you a team? Oh well, Scheffler's leaving him in bad spots. Well, you know what? Then hit a good golf shot. Be a team. Be together. Like it's just infuriating. No, it really worst is. Pairing
0: they could have had. It really was. It was the absolute worst pairing they could have rolled out. Scheffler does not get along with Kepka at all because Kepka's on live. Does not like them,
1: but you're behind the eight bowl, right? You know, because this happened second. Behind
0: eight day. Well, you got to suck it up and play for your country. I think Zach Johnson almost needed to leave Kepka off the team, which would have been a whole different story because you're now you've already picked all these guys who nobody really thinks should be on the team. And Sam Burns, he's there because he's buddies with Scott Scheffler, so you pick or, Scott Scheffler's buddy, You only play or, them together one time. Or maybe add a got another guy
1: from Live though, right? Or maybe add another guy from Live if you're going to have Brooks on there, add another guy from Live so you can put him and you can fire a bullet with the guy being, you know, another guy with Live, a guy that wants to play. It's so fractured. I would have right? taken
0: Bryson in a heartbeat. Bryson loves these country events. Bryson has been playing really good golf. He reshaped his body. Bryson and Brooks have become friends again.
1: But you do have that dynamic, too, right? Like, you know, it's not a it's not an absolute certainty that you you put Bryson DeChambeau and uh, um, Brooks Kefka together. Because however, they have mended fences at Live because they're two of the biggest superstars over at Live now. Um, they had their problems on the PGA Tour. But, you know, did that go into the psyche of like another thing? They're fractured. They don't like each other. They don't want the media talking about this. You know what? Put the best team out there that you think can compete to actually win, and let's
0: win an actual tournament. Look, USA got beat up. We can beat up on the USA. I just Which we're understand.
1: used to, though. We're used to that happening, you know. But but to come out and not—I mean, me and you—I'm—I'm I'm googling during the weekend after the first day is over, and I'm like, hey, if the second day continues, and then the second day starts, and it—and it looks like a, a bludgeoning again. I, I had to text you and ask, hey, uh, if they get to 14 points before, do they even have the individual matches? I don't even I, – I never actually found that out. I think they actually do. You have for, to for, have you. the
0: individual matches because yeah. you have to get to 14 and a half. Because 14 – and this is the whole – when Jack Nicholas conceded the putt on 18 to tie the Ryder Cup, and he conceded it because it's a tie – and if you tie, you can you retain the cup. So you retain the trophy and you go down as the champions. And so Jack Nicholas, instead of having the guy put a four footer to win, he conceded it. If the guy made the four footer, it would have been a tie. If he missed it, he would have lost. And Jack said there's no point in him putting it. And it was the last match because if I concede it, We win if he misses, we win if he makes it. We still win. There's no way for us to not win, so there's no point in me conceding it. The only thing that could have happened was he misses the putt and we went outright instead of take a split and win. So Jack conceded the putt.
1: Well, I get that, but I'm talking about the first four rounds. I mean, there's four points in the four in the foursome four points in the four ball, they could right? So that's eight thing. points. They could have won the whole thing. That's what I'm saying. 16 points available before the individual matches. And I was asking you some things about like it, because it, the way it started out, it was not good on the second day. The second day did not start out well. It did not. I mean, they, they, on the, board, the on the board, all the blue on the board.
0: But it would have been worthless. And they probably would have won all of them nine and eight or whatever. Ten and eight. I couldn't imagine any American even caring at that point in time. I mean,
1: why even play at that point? I mean, but that was the question. But we shouldn't even be asking these questions. A Team USA has a better squad. Now, well, I mean, actually, we could debate that and go back and forth because there's, there's a guy on there that I think we, we gave a shout-out to, uh, you know, before, whenever he started a little bit on fire uh, out of the gate. But Victor Hovland, man, I mean, tip your cap to that dude. That dude, very classy. Uh, I love that guy. Uh, you know, uh, I love watching him play golf. I think we were early on this, DB, uh, about Victor Hovland. Uh, if he can get that short game going, um, and m- mostly around the greens, chipping, these, these small small shots, you know, 30-yard pitch shots, stuff like that, that's been his problem. And uh, that did not seem to be a problem here. Th- this guy could be the best player in the world. I mean, we, we might be looking at, I mean, you know, <laughs> to have the number one player, Scotty Scheffler, Come out and look like what he looked, and Victor Hovland just said, "You know what? I think I'm the best player in the world, and uh, he might be. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him win a major next
0: year. I'm not gonna be surprised to see him win a major. I won't be surprised to see him hit number one in the world next year. Rom is gonna get in his way.
1: Rom's a machine, too. Oh my God! Sure. I mean, he just seems built for this event, too. I mean, he just—Mickelson's
0: just, boy is." he is a machine
1: some of those shots he was hitting just just dagger shots too like you know I, i go back to to what was it uh the in the afternoon his shot on the first day his shot on 16 just i mean whenever you think there's something happening he's like hey hold on you know he's getting upset about you know putting it to eight nine feet you know anytime you're in that zone i mean Rombo, he's had his issues with his emotions and stuff like that. Hasn't been the most likable person. Um, go back to a few tournaments before he kind of turned it on. He's always been uh,
0: likable. He's just a hothead. And that's yeah. what made him likable, actually. He's not like the, – the thought that he's not likable has always irritated me because you know what made him likable when he's a hothead? Is that he's every single golfer on the weekend when you're hitting bad shots. And you're getting mad and throwing a club. You just yeah. don't see it on PGA Tour. You don't see yeah. people.
1: You know what? Yeah. The, o- the only difference is, is that guy actually, you know, has something to be, uh, uh, you know, not <laughs> something to be mad about. Uh, whenever me, as my 12 handicap, is out there hacking it up, you know, I'm like, oh, that thing should have been closer than that. You know what? If I get it on the green, it's a good shot. <laughs>
0: <For real. laughs> I mean,
1: I if I'm going to be honest,
0: I have thought he's the best player in the world for a while now and then people have asked me and i've always said
1: no his driver is really accurate it really is uh and he's long too and and his you know the combination of being long and accurate um it's something it's a it's lethal it it really is
0: and he always figures out how to make a 40 foot putt when you when he needs it
1: yeah and he's not that great of a putter either though i I mean honestly i I mean mean, if if you're if he was
0: standard for not great because if the standard for well, not Rory
1: McElroy is not great, so
0: if that's the standard for not great, then John Rahm is world class. If I'm comparing it to him to America is terrified and Europe is on fire, then yes, he's world class.
1: <laughs> yeah, to get that in there, didn't you? Uh, you know I mean, what? Good, good, good for Rory saying that. Good for Rory doing that. Maybe it lights a fire underneath. I did see something about, oh, we're gonna kick their ass, in Beth Page too. Well, yeah. bring it on. Come on. And hopefully these guys are focused. What is it going to take to get these
0: guys focused? Okay, outside of you, I know you like Rory. We have one other friend who I guess likes Rory. I personally do not know one other human being who likes or ever cheers for Rory. And since we've started the podcast and we've gone back and forth, I have been asking everyone I know, and not one person I know cheers for Rory McIlroy. Not one. I've never had somebody say I like Rory, or yeah, I cheer for Rory outside of you. He's the LeBron James of golf.
1: Okay, I mean, I mean that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, no, uh, if you were to say LeBron, LeBron, LeBron James,
0: I LeBron mean, is also one of the most unliked people in so po- basketball. He, so pol- okay, pol- polar, polarizing
1: then polarizing.
0: He's polarizing. He's the Kevin Porter Jr if we're going
1: to go MVP. Oh, come on. Come on. Especially this week we're going to we're going to bring that out. That's a little harsh.
0: Okay. I mean Kevin Porter Jr. Harsh.
1: really? I mean, wow. Really? Come on, DB.
0: It's extremely harsh, and that's not true.
1: I mean, he's a family man.
0: He's so. That's not true. It's not true. I was just trying to think of the most unlikable
1: person. <laughs> <been>. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, you might as well say the guys like the you know everybody at Michigan State at that point if you're going to bring him into the
0: Ooh, deal. I don't know if I can go that far. Jesus, Kevin Porter Jr. is still more likable than Michigan State. Kevin Porter Jr. I think it's trending.
1: I mean, I don't know. It's trending. I mean, some of the stuff that's coming out Kevin now. Kevin Porter I mean, Jr.
0: has got one. Maybe two incidents. Michigan State's got about two hundred and fifty.
1: Little shout out though. Well, it, it seems like a good segue. It was media day. We'll get into that a little bit. NBA media day. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it. Uh, it's still early, uh, but NBA in, in, NBA preseason starting up. Uh, it, it was released today. Since you talked about Kevin Porter Jr., uh, he is definitely not going to be a part of the Rockets' future. So there's that. Uh, so it looks like it's going to
0: Rockets for that. Dude. Thank you, Houston. The NBA has not come down with anything yet, but the Rockets as an organization put themselves in a position to possibly be fined and get in trouble from the NBA, but have said, we've seen enough, we know enough, and you will not be a part of this organization. And what you have done, we found, I think...
1: Despicable. Despicable.
0: despicable. I was going to say it was disgusting, but it was despicable. That's a good term for it, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, I mean, it doesn't hurt. I mean, it was a pretty easy decision for the Rockets in, no, it was in that very regard. Very
0: easy, but the NBA But yes, rules, they got ahead of they it. Talked about the NBA rules. The Rockets are supposed to wait for the NBA to tell them what they can and cannot do with Kevin Porter Jr. and ownership and management. Finally said, you know what? We're not waiting for you because we've seen enough. We know enough, and you're not going to go beat up a woman and break a bone in her body. And you're not going to act like this and let us sit around and wait and sit on our hands. Nope. Because they asked why he's not here. and said, because he will no longer be a part of this team. I'm giving yeah, I mean, all the, the accolades to the, the Rockets I can give because I am very proud of them for doing that.
1: Yeah, the decisions for Kevin Porter Jr. has, has never been his strong suit, um, hence the reason why he ended up in the Rockets in the first place. Uh, it was a highly touted pick that came out. Uh, Cleveland gave up on him, whether that be work ethic or off the field things or off the court things, excuse me, for him to make this decision right now with Eamon Thompson. I mean, they just drafted a stud and he looks like a stud
0: decision. This is just about him as a person and he might need to get some real help.
1: Well, that, that much is obvious because if it's if the writing's not on the wall, whenever somebody, you know, that guy's taking your job. That guy, and so if you want a future in the NBA, you either need to be a good player, and, and you need to perform, so you can go play somewhere else. Because Houston, you weren't going to end up being, you know, being a tandem. I mean, the Jalen Green uh, KPJ thing did not work. That's why they drafted Eamon Thompson. I mean, there's other reasons too of, of people that were available, but I mean, I think they got the perfect guy coming in, Eamon Thompson, and it, it, it's a total opposite of character. <laughs> With Eamon Thompson, then KBJ. And so you have that and then you you make these decisions to do. And I don't know the whole story, but I don't need to know the whole story. I know that 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 in New York, you you know, your name is in the paper for beating a woman. That's not a good look whenever you have somebody that's taking your job that just got drafted. That is that is literally the exact opposite of you. He is a worker. He is a guy that shows up every day, loves his craft, wants to work on his craft, him and his brother. Which by the way, Detroit Pistons, I mean, you guys got a good one in that guy too. I think I think these kids are gonna be great.
0: I think these kids are gonna be really good ball players. I'm excited to see them.
1: And you were and that and that's high praise coming from you because you weren't that high on the Thompson Twins coming out. I remember going back and forth because I didn't know a lot about them. I watched some tape and 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 just heard some of their story and I was like
0: I I think they're going to be in good situations to help them become good players. I wasn't high on them being individual superstars. I think Amen coming to Houston where he can be a point guard and facilitate because you have Jalen Green because we have our down, our post guys as well that the ball needs to go to, we need to get it in there. We can play a little inside out. We can play outside in. He is not going to ball hog at a point card position, and it's going to free up the Rockets. I think sure Thompson is going to be in a spot with players, young core around him in Detroit where it's going to be good, but them coming out, and this is where I've changed, taking a look at a few things, them coming out, touting them as individual superstars that you're going to build your team around, I don't think that's who they are. I think especially with Amen Thompson, he's got Jabari Smith, Shingoon, and Jalen Green. He's got Dylan Brooks that can play defense for him. He's going to be playing with Van Fleet, and Van Fleet can now be the starting point guard. We can probably transition out of that contract after two years. I think it's a really good spot for Amen Thompson to actually develop into a player because I don't think either Thompson brother, being a guy you're trying to hand the ball over as a top pick, that this is going to be our guy and this is who we're going to build around. I think he complements the core, does not create the core.
1: Yeah, I'm a little higher on Amen, uh, in all honesty. I I think he's got the makings of a superstar. Uh, We're worried about his shooting. We didn't draft him to shoot
0: right now. Again, I I think he could be a superstar. I'm saying he's not the guy you draft to build around right away. I think the core around him allows his skills to develop
1: I see the floor, the absolute floor of Eamon Thompson being Ben Simmons. A sore, a sore. I think is Thompson, isn't it? Maybe. I think I might miss- have. I might I might have missed
0: Same. it. I couldn't remember how to pronounce it, so <laughs> thank you for correcting me.
1: I, I haven't. I haven't paid paid a lot of attention to Detroit basketball, but I think it's a sore. A, a, a sore. A, a sore. I think it's a sore. I don't.
0: Okay. I'll, I'll no, get back. I, on that. I would defer to you to be correct because I couldn't remember how to pronounce it, so I just went with something.
1: <laughs> I know if people were calling it amen thompson for a while and i know i know it's amen i know it's amen for 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 him
0: but I, do too. I couldn't the, remember and i mispronounced his name so i'm the, glad you were able to correct
1: me. the mental toughness and and i know everybody gets on me all the time They're like oh well you're watching summer league you know because you know that i love the nba i love the nba with a passion it's probably my second favorite sport besides baseball which we're going to get into real quick here i saw another, i mean he only played one game Right? At one game, they went down with an injury. Hopefully, the injury bugs are not an issue. But some of the things that he made, he just does the little things, like setting small little rub screens here or there Whenever after he gets rid of the ball. His court vision, uh, it, 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 I, I probably get flamed for saying this, but his court vision reminds me a lot of a young LeBron James. Like He cannot shoot the ball. So in order for him to make an impact, he's either finishing at the rim or and, and and LeBron James had problems shooting the ball early on in his career as well or he's going to make a, make an impact on defense priding on himself that he can guard every five you know all five positions those guys are rare at the draft i go back to those interviews about the, with the dad you know all of the striving and, and and the goal setting and everything this is just a person that you would like to see be the leader of your locker room. We're getting ahead of ourselves. I don't want to get too the pumped up. The
0: leader of the locker room.
1: Yeah. I really, I mean, and I think it fits perfectly because you got a lot of guys like Jalen Smith, Jalen Green, excuse yeah, me. I'm, I'm combining both of them. <laughs> but Jalen Green and uh, Jabari Smith, but they're not real vocal guys to... To, to really be leaders, to be like that, you know, hate to throw it out there, but the, like the mom, the Mamba mentality of like show up early, be here, take care of your craft. I want to get better. Amen. seems like that guy
0: mentality thing. And you know why I can't stand the Mamba mentality. I'm going to stop you right there because all these people, I got Ma- the Mamba mentality. No, you don't. You legitimately don't. You want to show up and work. For four or five hours a day and ah, work every day that is not what Kobe Bryant did Kobe Bryant worked non-stop all the time that is what mama mentality is that's not what it is it is non-stop love your craft devote yourself to your craft elevate your talent from talent to skill not just put in the weight room hours that are asked of you Oh, I put in an extra 30 minutes. Well, guess what? You're still not on Mamba Mentality. The
1: players that are saying they're about the Mamba Mentality or the players that don't have it. The, the players that come out and they don't say anything and you just watch them. Those are the guys that could have the Mamba Mentality. And Amon Thompson is not one of those dudes. I haven't heard him talking about him showing up early and him doing this. It's just what he does from what I've heard. He doesn't have to come out and tell you he's got the Mamba mentality because you would know it because you see it in how he shows up for work. And that's what I really love about him. I don't want to get on, uh, get on a huge kick on it. I, I, I'm in love with Eamon Thompson. I, I love him. I think he's going to be a really, really, really good player. Really excited for Rockets basketball and seeing where they go. I, I think they can make it to the play-in this year. It would be, I think, me and you. But we're going to get into that in another pod as we get closer.
0: We're not gonna get into any more rockets. I just thought. Yeah, what? What? One. One more thing on in, Jimmy Butler
1: showing the emo look off. I mean, does does Dame really want to be around something like that? I mean, I love Jimmy Butler. I don't know what's going on there. What? What? What is the
0: deal? Uh, uh, it's kind of his thing. He shows weird, weird hairstyle every year to media day now.
1: Really? Okay.
0: Yeah. So he's done this, I guess, two or three years in a row with some weird and interesting hairstyle. I don't know why he's. Doing he's
1: not going to rock that all season, though, right? I mean, that guy can't play basketball. Like, I, I mean, I maybe know. he can. Maybe I don't know. I, a White
0: person, but I mean, he'll sweat that perm out. He'll be sweating. I don't even know person. if it's
1: really a perm, it's like, uh, the, I mean, the emo styles, like the the shits in your ear or, or the shits in your your eyes, like I'm he's going to be moving
0: that. Black women to know if you're trying to get your hair straight like that, that's a perm, boy. Yeah, black women. From my experiences uh, in dating black women, to get your hair straight like that, it's usually a perm or like a flat iron. You gotta, you gotta do some work. And uh, I, I know from certain experiences, you can sweat that out.
1: I I mean, you're you're talking to the worst person in the world whenever it comes to like what's going on with hairstyles because. (laughs) The heapser hasn't had hair in in God knows how long. So uh, I would have no idea. Maybe he can do it.
0: Just one last little NBA note before we get into football. I know you're up in Colorado. What about Nikola Jokic asked about Deion Sanders? And he's like, sorry, don't know. Doesn't know who Deion Sanders is. He doesn't really follow football, I guess. But... Grew up in Serbia, goes back to Serbia as soon as the season's over, not spending his time in Denver. Uh, Jamal Murray talking about some of the team went to the Colorado-USC game. They asked him, Jokic, what do you think? He's like, sorry, don't know.
1: I mean, when you're the best player in the NBA and you're coming off of a championship, I mean, that's, you can do whatever you want. Uh, I kind of go back to that Bull Durham. (laughs) I don't know if you've watched that movie and seen it but uh you know the the shower shoes and uh fungus on the shower shoes right like uh, you win 20 in the show and <laughs> they don't care about your shower your know, the fungus on your shower shoes it means you're colorful if you but tell you win 20 in the show and you do what you need to do i mean means you're a slob so it's it's kind of like that you know they're uh Nicole Jokic is the best player in basketball until someone dethrones him at this point. And uh, the Nuggets look like they're primed for another run. We'll see where it goes. Um, I was more taken taken aback by – wasn't actually really taken aback by this, that that guy hasn't even picked up a basketball in the entire offseason. He has other things going on. He's in his hometown. He's taking care of his family. He's doing his deal. He's done it every offseason. And no one's really said anything about it until he's the champion and you're coming off of it, and then it becomes a bigger deal than what it is. But Nikola Jokic, is the, he's on top of the mountain. So until somebody else dethrones him, and then there's another team that comes along.
0: Three and two now. We'll see where it goes. They might only win a couple more games. I don't really know. We'll see how that experiment keeps playing out. If you're losing, I'm not going to give you a lot of love, so I'm not going to talk about you. Caleb Williams, you're looking good. USC's defense is Mm. my word on the pod, as I said, if you are this. USC's defense is atrocious. Yes. And USC, you can't let Colorado come back like that. You can't be a top team if you think that's going to come back. I don't think you – at this point in time, the way the Pac-12 is set up, I – don't know that USC is going to make the Pac-12 championship. I'm sitting here thinking it might be Washington and Colorado. Washington's struggle, or not Washington and Colorado. Washington yeah, Colorado's and not Oregon. making. Oregon. I was just thinking of the other. <laughs> team. Thinking of the team that beat the brakes off of Colorado. We're getting
1: the prime. We're getting the prime hype going on, but I don't think DB thinks they're going to make it.
0: No, not at all. I think it's going to be Oregon and Washington. I don't see Caleb Williams repeating as the heisman candidate and i don't see him still winning any kind of a championship
1: well they're gonna have to get it together i mean usc their defense gonna have to evolve uh they have the talent to be able to do it uh it's a matter of coaching and a matter of uh filling the holes where you need to fill them
0: so even though they have the talent what makes you think that they could do that lincoln riley has never proved he can have a good defense Lincoln Riley's proved that he can have a great offense he these, these are a Heisman trophy winner he's never shown you he can have a good defense
1: these are demons that need to be exercised and uh, uh, they have the talent though to be able to I mean he you had don't the have talent
0: to- at Oklahoma he had first round draft picks second he had guys going to the NFL at Oklahoma he just can't get a defense together
1: well they, he needs to evolve as coaches do. It helps whenever you have a quarterback like Caleb Williams to kind of, you know, mitigate some of these problems because he doesn't have to have a great defense like he had to have at Oklahoma a lot of the times.
0: He didn't have a great defense. He outscored everybody Of course he did. Of
1: uh, Of course. But what I'm saying is that he has to evolve as a coach. It's just like life. People have to evolve as people. They have to understand what their limitations are. But having a, a player like Caleb Williams, a generational talent, he, generational he's able to Generational
0: talent. Oh, absolutely. like that.
1: Oh, yeah, he is. I, I, I absolutely think he is. Um, now whether, now whether that comes to fruition, we'll see on how that works. USC has the talent to be able to have a decent defense. They have not shown that they can put that on the field to this point. And it's been covered up a lot by Caleb Williams' heroics. But he's going to need to because, what is it, two weeks, I think? they got to play Notre Dame. And Notre Dame's got a good defense.
0: Notre Dame's going to no- USC.
1: Notre Dame's got a really good defense. And so that's going to be a hell of a game to watch. I don't think that's this weekend. I think Notre Dame's got Louisville, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, I mean, Notre Dame took care of business against Duke. Um, barely. Barely. Yes, but that seems to be the way Notre Dame is built, that it, that all these games are going to come down to very, very close games. Can Notre Dame's offense really score with USC? Because they've had a little bit of issues. I mean, Duke's defense is it's pretty good. Um, I don't think we really know what Duke is yet. It's interesting. It's getting it, its getting in the nitty-gritty. That, that's going to be a game that's going to be – somebody who doesn't watch college football, you should watch that game. You should watch USC-Notre Dame. Because that's going to be a hell of a game. And it's going to be close. I don't see a blowout happening. I
0: don't unless don't happen. may, the, the only
1: way that's a blowout, I think, is USC maybe blows the doors off Notre Dame and Notre Dame can't keep up.
0: No, that ain't happening. I think Notre Dame has the ability in the defense to shut down USC more than they've been shut down in a long time. And USC doesn't have a defense that's going to be able to really stop Notre Dame. I don't know what the line is right now, but I'm taking Notre Dame to cover.
1: Well, they haven't brought the lines out yet because that's two weeks away. I think uh, Notre Dame's got uh, – Well,
0: I'm telling you right now, Notre Dame covers. Okay.
1: I don't think Notre Dame's going to be favored in that game. They're going to be getting points probably at home, I would think.
0: No, Notre Dame needs to be the favorite in that game. You think so? You think Notre Dame's going to be
1: the famous in that?
0: They're the better team. Okay, I understand so that, but I'm saying you USC. think
1: you you think Notre Dame's de- You think Notre Dame's going to be favored in that game with USC? I don't I don't think so. That, that's going to be one of those dog specials where Notre Dame's getting points, kind of like what kind of like Ohio State. They they were getting points at home too. Notre Dame got points at home. I think it's going to be the same thing. Notre Dame's going to be getting points at home. They're not, yeah. not that worried about them covering USC's defense so bad. Well, we'll see where the line comes out next
0: week. but I, Fresno I, State I, has the better defense. If I'm taking a defense right now, oh, hell. Fresno State shut out Arizona State. Arizona State put up 28 on USC. Fresno State didn't give up any points against Nevada this week until garbage time. And they gave up a touchdown and a field goal late. Yeah, but Notre dame USC is a different
1: animal. This is a rivalry game. This is everything that encompasses, uh, you know, a big-time college football Notre game. Notre Dame's
0: going to be a five-point favorite, and they're going to cover.
1: There's no way Notre Dame's going to be five-point favorite. But like, but we'll see where the line comes out. I would Notre be shocked.
0: defense is so bad. They can't stop Notre Dame. Hartman's going to throw all over, and your boy Hartman is going to beat them.
1: Yeah, Hartman didn't look that, like, I mean, it wasn't, like, amazing against Duke. I was expecting Duke is a better team
0: with. than USC defensively. I agree with that. He's going to struggle more against the Duke than he is against the USC.
1: This is where legacies are cemented right now. So Caleb Williams needs to come out and have a really good game against Notre Dame and, and, and use that platform that he's got. Uh, he's, he, he's talking talking
0: to focus about going to the NFL and getting paid. That's what Caleb Williams needs to focus about. <laughs> We've had this argument a lot that you think Caleb Williams might stay and make a lot of money in NIL. Ain't happening because he ain't winning the Heisman again. And your front runner is in your conference in Michael Penix Jr. I know I picked Washington to cover against Arizona. They did not cover. It's fine. They went to the desert. They won. They're not used to that heat. Good call. Terrible call, I mean, by me. They sh- I sh- probably shouldn't have taken them.
1: Well, I think I was saying that I would have taken the the, the, the points on that. You I did? Think, I think in the other pod. Just just because they covered by so easily. You know, you don't see teams cover big spreads back-to-back weeks like that normally. There's usually a letdown. Uh, the only reason I know this is because I'm usually on the you know <laughs> the back end of that. Where it's like they look so good last week, and then they come out, and it's like, damn, they didn't, they didn't manage it. So I kind of saw that maybe happening. Uh, but Michael Penix Jr. is amazing. I would agree. He's he's the the Heisman front runner right now, no doubt. Uh, there's some big games. It, it, it's crazy that the Pac-12 is just the last season in the Pac-12 is looking. I think Caleb Williams, if he has the right people around him, there. There. I mean, he's. I think he's making something like three million or three point five million dollars. in half. nil. Two and Four a half. Okay. Half. All right. I know you're passionate about this. I could see that ballooning and and it becoming, you know, you get the right people. I mean, Sador Sanders is what? going to make a ton ballooning of
0: money. To what number do you think it could balloon to?
1: I mean, and how many years? Ballooning in you know, in the next Williams couple has years,
0: one year. He's got one year. Where do you see Caleb Williams ballooning his nil money to in one year?
1: I think he could go to you know ten million dollars. No way. I mean, Either if, if, in the
0: hot, Just listen. No, 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 no,
1: no. If he gets the right people around him to build his brand and to do his thing,
0: 10 million in NIL. I'm telling you right now, he doesn't win the Heisman, boom. That Dr. Pepper, that big Dr. Pepper ad, he only has a little piece of it now. Because guess what? The next Heisman winner comes in and takes the bulk of that. That's what Dr. Pepper's doing with the Heisman. Nissan Heisman house, now he's just got a cameo. The next person comes in, so now we're already looking at probably seven hundred and fifty to one million down. So let's get back. Let's get him back down to one and a half million. I'll give you two million. He gets back down to two million if he doesn't win the Heisman. He can he can make that up in one point five million somewhere else. Maybe three and a half million tops. The other thing is you got to remember his players are getting. NIL from all the boosters too. He ain't getting $10 million. And if you're going to get $37 million guaranteed to be the number one overall pick, that's a four-year deal. You're putting a one-year risk Pretty out you. there. This guy, it, it's not going to happen. You're not going to get the same endorsement money you get as the number one overall pick. Now guess what? The NFL's pushing you. You got a billion-dollar industry behind you, pushing you, getting you endorsements. We want them to be the face. We want them to as the face of the rookie class. Bryce Young is out there getting getting deals, getting all of that. He got his Jordan brand deal. He got, I think it was Body Armor is the drink that signed him, and he got one other deal. And he made a ton of money on that. You're not as much as Caleb Williams and his dad want to talk about, we could stay because we could make money at NIL. Okay, you sit your ass in that fucking college for one more year. You take your $3.5 then you go become Matt Corral. Then you become the no, Come on, Matt Corral wasn't a bad quarterback. I'm only using him as an example of he gets carted off the field and goes from a top 10 pick to a third round pick because he got hurt and got carted off the field and had a gruesome injury and is now an NFL backup. Because you know what? He's not the top 10 pick, you're not, you don't have to push him as a franchise. You don't have to ever make him the starter. You're not getting your endorsement deals. Hey, you could be Will Levis and go in the second round because Will Levis got. Hey, Will Levis is going to be a top pick and got dinged up. Goes in the second round. Now he's making his guarantee is nine million, not thirty-seven million.
1: I understand making a quarter
0: We're, of the money. And I, guess what? You don't get any of the endorsements. We're talking about taking a fifty million dollar guarantee in money with salary and endorsement
1: i understand where you're i understand where you're going from where you're coming from i understand where you're coming, one one. You, where you're coming you but you trailblazers tricking tra-
0: financial tra- person in the world trailblazers
1: are rewarded that. trailblazers are rewarded you're and caleb Williams Blazer. has the platform yes he is absolutely he has actually he's not but he has the ability if he gets the right people around. Look
0: what Shador Sanders is doing. He Shador is Sanders money three Shador, ways with his dad and his brother. And it's Shador, taking the bulk. And he's getting these contracts because D because Dion is more marketable than Shador Sanders. Dion Sanders has proven 30 fucking years that he sells. Shador Sanders is only getting it because he's connected to his father. Caleb Williams does not have Deion Sanders as his father. Bronny James was your other example when we talked about this. LeBron James is marketable. You connect Bron and Bronny, guess what?
1: You get the right people around him. You get the right people around him. If you it matter, grow this you know, pie is what I'm saying. Is it going to be... Is it going to be the guaranteed contract of what you're talking about? No, but he can make an impact and put a, put a blueprint together for players to have some sort of leverage
0: you're right. he's of what have team, the they team they want to do. Okay. And then when he gets hurt, he'll also have the blueprint of why. Don't,
1: say, uh, that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Because that's unfair. Okay. And, if
0: he gets hurt, he'll also be the blueprint of why players won't.
1: Okay. I mean, I, I understand. trail players are rewarded, though. And he has the ability to build off of that blueprint that he has. And you know what? If he performs at Notre Dame, it, it's just going to make him more marketable at that point. Um, he there's would, no he bigger.
0: loses the Heisman. He loses two big contracts right away.
1: What, what do you mean? Why would he have to lose that? He could still be on those, be, be in the conversation, be, be on the, the payroll. I mean, you're, you're talking about like a pie that's not going to grow. This pie is going to grow. This yeah, NIL money Dr. is going to grow.
0: It's going to be so big. Dr.
1: Pepper could, could come out and say, you know what, instead of spending, you know, college football had a crazy year this year, instead of spending $3 million in NIL money, we want to allocate $7 million. And we want to go after all these other guys. Caleb Williams is in here. There's other Heisman candidates. We can... We can increase our exposure and do this. You act like this is in a vacuum that there's only so much money available here. Like this is going to grow. Things are going to happen. And, and you know, he does only have one year of eligibility and that's I'm working not against acting him. acting
0: like it's a vacuum. What I'm telling you is if you don't produce at the same level, you're not going to get the same deal. Well, he's own-
1: producing right now.
0: He's producing and, finally, and he's in a good on- spot. You're on a one-year deal. You're not on a multi-year deal. Your one-year deal is tied to you being at the university.
1: I get it. I mean, this is more of a conversation over the next week. I can
0: go negotiate year in and year out. Hey, if I do sign a two-year deal, now I go win a second Heisman. Let me go renegotiate what my contract is. No, motherfucker. You sign the contract. If you don't want to do it, you can pay us for last year because we're taking our money back. This isn't a, I get to renegotiate with each individual person. We've already seen this happen in NIL. There's already been players who have had good years and signed two and three year contracts for NIL. Like, Hey, I've had this year. Uh, you signed this player for more money. He goes, yeah, I did. Cause there's more NIL money, but you already signed this contract. Yeah. I'm, I want to renegotiate or I don't want to do this. Okay, then you can pay me back. I'm done with you and you can go find somebody else. You owe me you owe me five hundred thousand dollars. And players are going, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a second. Why do I owe you money? We had a con we had a deal. Yeah, we had a deal. I, I, think, I think we're I think gotta, we're get- you gotta live it out for this I, amount of time.
1: I, I think I think we're getting caught up in the Caleb Williams thing right now. But what I'm saying is that this is a threat to the NFL and how they do business in not. the draft. I think it's it not. is. And we can agree to disagree and talk about okay, it at a different so times.
0: Let's say this. Okay. Let's say he decides – I. you think the worst team in the league is going to be Chicago. Let's say – I just, he decides, as Caleb Williams, I don't want to go to Chicago. Yes. I'm not going to the Bears.
1: So Why would that, you want to go to the Bears? Okay.
0: Just listen. So, now he goes back and he plays his senior year. The Bears have the number one pick overall – get the number one pick overall again – because they're horrendous, and they're saying, "You know what? We're going to stick with Justin Fields, we're going to be back because we're going to get Caleb Boot. has no choice but to go to the draft and the Bears take him number one overall.
1: Well when does he, when does he actually have to I mean, I mean this could be a situation where he doesn't even uh, he he's doesn't got even come one out
0: ability left after this year. So yeah. he's got but but,
1: he, but he, he could wait until the NFL season is over before he says he's going into the NFL. But that declares, excuse me. I couldn't think of the word declares.
0: It's absolutely irrelevant for the argument. What you're saying is absolutely irrelevant. I
1: think it is. It puts a lot.
0: I think it's think No, it's it's irrelevant. I don't think so. It is because he says, I don't want to go because I don't want to go to the Bears. Right? And the Bears are, again, the next season, the worst team in the NFL. And so at that point in time, he can say, I don't want to go to the Bears. And Bears say, we don't care. We're drafting you anyway.
1: Yeah, I understand you that. But how, to, how, how, no, how often because, do you get teams? How often do you have teams that go back-to-back years with the worst team in the league? I mean, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah,
0: but you are playing a hypothetical, and I'm playing into your hypothetical. You can't say one hy- – we're going to talk about a hypothetical and then try and bring in facts of what things are because the facts are irrelevant. You have to continue with what the hypothetical is. Okay.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, hypothetically, yeah, the Bears could be the worst team in the league next year. I mean, but but how often does that happen? How how, how often does that happen?
0: That's irrelevant because we're Uh, we're talking about a hypothetical. Because that would be the worst case
1: scenario for him. That would be the worst case scenario for Caleb Williams is that he decides
0: exactly what I'm trying to prove to you.
1: But but he's still going to get paid on nil money and
0: so he took nil to take three years to take three and a half million. Instead of taking 10, nine million a year, 9 million 37,
1: plus, I mean, 37 was what
0: 9 million plus over a four year, 9 million 250,000. Yep, okay, so 9 million plus. You're telling me I'm right, thank you. So 9 million plus, plus all of his endorsements that he goes number one overall in the draft, right? Now he goes, no, no he makes six million, so you took three and a half million instead of taking the money when you could have taken it and you left it on the table. And now you're in the same exact spot that you were one year ago. And you don't have the leverage to say, I'm going back to college to get NIL. You have the leverage of saying, I'm fucked. I'm not going to play for you. I'm going to pull any. He wins
1: wins a championship at USC. He's not fucked. He's not winning
0: a championship at USC. He has this year to win it because when USC or next year, he's not winning a championship in the Big Ten.
1: Well, I mean, if we're talking even, hypothetical, you have to put the the, the, total, the, 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 the total mountain up okay. there, too. So what could happen the, the, if you were to talk hypothetical? We're talk the about hypothetical the
0: I'm giving you is he doesn't okay. win a Heisman. He doesn't win a championship. He doesn't win a conference championship. Okay. And now he's stayed for this one year at $3.5 of NIL and is now in the same spot. I could tell you, what, what did he do? He did nothing. And he took every leverage against that the player had and flipped it back to the NFL.
1: If you're a trailblazer, there are risks associated with what you're doing. He
0: would, be an, he would be a trailblazer as a dummy. Because there's no, he would change I mean, it Some Some, some people would ago. say
1: Jeff Bezos was a dummy whenever he decided to sell books online. Why would you sell books online, Jeff? Why? What would that become? This is the point that what I'm saying.
0: You're comparing an orange to an apple here. What I'm telling.
1: I'm saying that a Trailblazer might not look like the best okay. way forward, We're but but, but, if, is. but if he doesn't end up in Chicago, if Chicago the- is the problem, if Chicago is the problem,
0: you're not, if not he answering doesn't- the question. Go ahead. The question is if he stays, as you're saying, because he's got nil and he doesn't want to go to Chicago, and he stays, and he gets $3.5 million in NIL versus the 10 plus million, and he comes right back into the situation that he's got to go to Chicago. How does that flip any leverage?
1: Well, it might not improve him, but it could improve
0: other players moving How? forward.
1: Could improve, It could improve other players moving forward by showing them a blueprint that there is a way that you could kind of control where you end up going maybe it it doesn't work out maybe it doesn't
0: where he went he would go to the same exact spot you
1: you can't you can't put a hypothetical on like and then give me the
0: hypothetical you You got it or not you 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 (laughs) You can't dance around this all you want you you you
1: can't can't give me the worst case scenario on the upside going into the league
0: there's always the worst case scenario you can't just look at the best case
1: We've digressed here. I don't think we need to go back and forth on this anymore. But what I'm saying, just to kind of wrap this up, and I'll I'll give you a take right after this to, to say your argument, is that NIL is changing things. The pot is going to continue to grow. It is going to empower top players, in my opinion, to control a little bit, kind of like the John Elway thing of having, you know, I'll go play baseball instead. You know, I understand that that's guaranteed money, and NIL isn't, and we can get into the semantics of that. But who's to say NIL money doesn't doesn't start doing multi-year contracts just to be able to compete? Who knows where it's going to go? We are in the early stages of this, just like NIL Amazon.
0: Multi-year contracts, we've yeah, already just, seen it.
1: Just like, yeah, but uh, on, a, on a greater level, like whenever you have uh, other other brands competing as college football grows, what I'm saying is it's an interesting conversation. And will, will he make, will Caleb Williams be able to make the guaranteed money that he would make whenever he went in the NFL? Absolutely not. It's not going to happen in one year. I get that. But could he make balloon from three million to if he has a great season to making nine million next year and not having to go to Chicago or not going to it? I think that could happen. You surround yourself with the right people, and that's it. I'll let you have the last take on it, and go ahead.
0: I don't know how he can balloon to nine million. No one's gotten there yet. Will it get there? Of course it gets there. But the problem is, no matter what he does, they are not. He can be a trailblazer, but he could trailblaze to lose so much money. He could be a Matt Corral. He could be a Will Levis who gets banged up. He could be somebody that slides. And the problem is when you play a sport where one play can change your career and your career trajectory, you have to take the money. If you have a chance to go get $50 million over a four-year period with your endorsements and your guaranteed salary – or you have a chance to make $8 million for one year, which is less than your guaranteed salary. Let's say he makes $9 million, still less than his guaranteed salary, and it's for one year, and he, God forbid, has an injury and now becomes a third-round pick. And now, oh, he's a third-round pick. We don't really have to give him an opportunity. Oh, you lost all your endorsement deals. Oh Nike pulled out, Adidas pulled out, Body Armor and Gatorade pulled out. Everyone who was competing for you has now pulled back out and you're looking back and going, "Oh shit, I took 9 million, now I'm only going to make 10 million over the next 4 years. I just did 5 years at 19 million instead of 4 years at 50."
1: Speaking of one play changing the total hopes and dreams of everything, You mentioned that. I feel like this is a good segue to go into Mauricio Dubon. Wow. One play, one at bat, one pitch. The Houston Astros, the entire, the entire season, loops on its head, changes totally. One pitch in Seattle. He hits a three-run bomb. Big time, big time Mauricio Dubon. Ends up catapulting the Houston Astros. Two. Winning, what was it, five of the last seven games down the stretch, I think it was?
0: Five of the last six.
1: Five of the last six. I kind of left one out there. Five of the last six to not only get into the postseason, punch their ticket, but to win a sixth straight AL West title. Seven straight playoff appearances. The Houston Astros getting it done. Rangers not able to beat Seattle on the last game of the season. What are your thoughts, DB? I'm pretty pumped. I think it's awesome. Playoff baseball. Let's go.
0: My first thought, the Heapser was 100% correct. Uh, The Heapser predicted that the Astros would win the division, or I said they would not. And I said it didn't matter. So my first thought was, oh, shit, at the end of the season, wow, good prediction, sir. And I was wrong. (laughs) Second thought,
1: I, I, I wouldn't say I believe that all the way up to there, but yeah, it was the prediction way early on, but thanks for the shout out. Thank you.
0: Hey, we, you never changed. That was your prediction. That's what you stayed with. Let's just leave it where it is. You were right. I'm going
1: to leave the table with the money right now. <laughs> I don't want to put it back down.
0: The sure was right. And I was wrong, which is a very big rarity on this podcast. So we just need to make, we need to acknowledge it. I think it's great for the Astros. They get some time off. They get to rest. They get to go into the divisional series with the rotation that they want to start off and where they want their starting pitching rotation. I think our starting pitching looks really good. One of my big thoughts was the J.P. France late scratch against the Diamondbacks for Jose Urquidy to come in, and Jose Urquidy pitched really well. Really well. If we're looking for four starters to start the postseason, Urquidy's had two really b- good back-to-back outings. I think he's there, and I also have a lot of confidence with Urquidy coming in out of the bullpen as well, because one of his outings was out of the bullpen to give us solid innings that we need to fill.
1: It's a good conversation. I mean, I think you leave it up to Dusty. Dusty. I mean. Just everything coming full circle. Everything we've talked about uh, just the last couple games of the year. I mean, we could hammer on Dusty all the time whenever it comes to the catcher position, everything. All of his moves seem to be working out, just like last year. I mean, if you watch the games in Seattle, <laughs> the machete just, just having an unbelievable play in a one-run game. Uh, bunt happens. He says, "No, I'm not. I'm not just going to give you the second base. I'm going to gun that guy down at second base." He does it. Unbelievable defensive play! Wow. Shout out to him, you know. Shout out to him. Uh, I mean, everybody's been hammering on his offense, 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 offense. What about the defense? What about the defense? And I, and we can go through the, the the metrics and everything. How his defense is falling off and whatnot. He was there though. He did. He made the plays whenever it needed to. Then he gunned down a guy in the ninth, stealing second base. Perfect throw. These are huge games to win one, nothing games. That guy's behind the plate. You know, we're not going to, we're, we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about all the buttons that, that dusty seems to be pushing that seem to worked out down the stretch. Is it going to continue to work out? I don't know, but he's coming off a world series for crying out loud where he pushed all the right bump buttons. So let's not talk about him anymore. Let's let him go from his gut. You bring up the, your, the, the, Jose your thing. Yeah, Dusty was he he came out to the mound. Usually, whenever Dusty comes out to the mound in the sixth inning in that la, in that last game, Dusty said, I was coming out there to get Urkiti and I was gonna move him. But you know what? He said he looked in his eyes and his experience said he could get it done. He stayed in there, and next thing you know, boom, double play ball, boom, out of the inning. See you later. We're division champs. Dusty's making all the right calls, so I I don't think you can really criticize his man. You know his 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 decisions that he's making. I know that's going to be very short lived going into the postseason. But shout out to him. <laughs> Just like Bregman says, everybody was saying, "What's it going to be like whenever someone else wins the AOS?" I don't know. Guess you have to wait till next year, bud.
0: Yes, Bregman is right. You're going to have to wait another year. What it'll feel like when somebody else wins the AOS, I. Shocked it happened, man. I'm happy for him. For everybody who keeps asking me who the Astros are playing in the playoffs, we get it. You're not a baseball fan. No one knows yet.
1: Yeah, you are correct. Uh, for who who the Astros are going to be playing in the postseason in the NLDS, nobody was really expecting a uh, you know AL West title and having the second seed being able to set the rotation up. But it's going to be either Minnesota or Toronto. I can uh, guarantee you that. Uh, We're going to get into some of the (laughs) postseason predictions. That's
0: a good guarantee. That's a real good guarantee.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I wish my bookie would allow me to make bets on some things like that.
0: (laughs) If a bookie allowed us to make bets on things like that, we'd be millionaires.
1: But, yeah, I mean, it's huge. It really is huge to uh, have the Astros being able to set the rotation, not playing until Saturday. Uh, the Heapster might be coming in town, going to that game two, possibly. I, I'm kind of torn on whether I want to go in there. I, I haven't seen very many playoff victories at the juice box. Um, so I don't know if I need to stay away or not. Uh, but uh, it's definitely tempting to get down there and go to a game. On uh, It'll be game two, possibly, on Sunday.
0: Really? When will you get into Houston?
1: Uh, it be Sunday morning, probably. Okay. So, so the, the schedule's not out yet. Hopefully, it's not a day game. Hopefully, it's a night game, and we don't have to, to cram it all in. But there, there's a really early flight that I'm looking at on Sunday from Denver to Houston. Uh, I think it leaves at 5.30 a.m., and uh, we'll be pre-gaming on that thing.
0: Awesome. I will be doing my best to get – I hope it's an evening game. I'm doing my best to get up into Pittsburgh my Sunday evening. Got to get the car across country so I'll be driving. Just want to – I want to get up there, watch a little football. Watch some Astros baseball. Hopefully it's a little cold out. I got a nice Astros starter jacket I want to wear around Pittsburgh just to show off to the people of who the best team is in the MLB. Hopefully we get some good playoff baseball with some cool weather and I can bust out the old school Astros starter jacket.
1: Well, let's keep on MLB here. Uh, the Astros are not playing on Tuesday. Playoffs start on Tuesday. This is a great time. I'm pumped, big time. Love the MLB. Love the bracket. Let's talk about some of the upcoming games. They start tomorrow. It's going to be a great day. Wild card weekend, or actually not weekend. Excuse me. Wild card during the week, which is even better. We start off mm-hmm. the Rays versus the Rangers. We've got a 308 Eastern time. First pitch, 308. 308. That's 108 my time. Stack day, wild card, during the week. If there's a day to, you know, March madness comes to mind where you just want to miss work and just sit around and 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 you know, tootle around and watch something. Tuesday, four games we got. We start off with the Rays versus the Rangers. Um, that's going to be all these games are going to be in Tampa Bay at the Trop. Uh, then we go to Twins versus the Blue Jays, which Astro fans are going to be all all looking at that, obviously, to see who the, the opponent's going to be. Those games are going to be all in Minnesota, the three games. Uh, then we got Brewers-Diamondbacks, and then the final game which happens to be in Philadelphia 808 Eastern start. Wow, that's a late, that's a late night for the Philadelphia Phillies fans.
0: Only if you're on the East Coast, if you're on the West Coast, it's a four o'clock start. It's not that bad.
1: So we're gonna have uh, what two games going on at the same time. 708 start East Coast time for the Brewers Diamondbacks in Milwaukee. And then you're gonna have Phillies Marlins. What are your thoughts, DB? and predictions on some of these series let's uh let's get into that a little bit
0: now yeah, for the series i think the blue jays knock out the twins i think so the
1: streaks the streak continues then i think, the I think they've jays, had eight, 18 straight playoff losses i believe something like that
0: i got no clue i know they're not good i think the rays take out the rangers i'm kind of leaning phillies and brewers
1: so the DB taking, is taking all team. the favorites here.
0: Well, the Diamondbacks just didn't look very good against the Astros. They just got swept. It doesn't look like they're going to turn it around. The Marlins, I, I don't know. I, there's something about the Phillies that I like the Phillies.
1: You like that song, don't you? You want to hear that song somewhere this, week, this, no. this year.
0: I could care less about the song. The Phillies (laughs) have a good year. I I just don't believe in the Marlins. All
1: right, well, DV's taking all the favorites here. Uh, Four seed, three seed, three seed, four seed. That is Uh, a
0: terrible take because you know that's not going to happen.
1: It's okay. I wouldn't totally disagree with some of those picks. Um, I'm going to go with Rays versus Rangers. I think the Rays get it done. I really do. The Rangers, their bullpen scares me a little bit. They have been a lot better, though. Over the last month, the uh, the Rangers. So there, there's an argument to, to, to be had that the Rangers have 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 kind of written the ship. They, they've gotten they've gotten their bullpen in order a little bit. I think the Rays are going to be too much to handle. It's going to be a really good offensive series. Um, but I do think the Rays, their pitching, their starting pitching in particular, is going to really carry them. I believe, even though they've they've had some injuries, and you know every team is flawed. In, in the postseason it's sort of one of the most thing, one of the greatest things about MLB postseason is you know you got the Atlanta Braves as the overall best team in baseball over 162 games well we're not talking about over 162 games here we're trying to win what is it 16 games in the max here um, I believe I believe it's 16 if you're I mean, a wild card going
0: all the way from the wild card you're winning
1: 16 I think it is right
0: oh Trying to win uh, 13 games.
1: 13 games. Little, 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 bad math there. That doesn't. That's not 162 games. So uh, I think Vegas shows that you're not getting one to one money. I mean, the A, the uh, not the A's. The A's are the worst <laughs> team in baseball. Excuse me. The Atlanta Braves are the best team in baseball. They're they're built amazingly, and uh, they had a hell of an offense. We'll get to them at some point whenever it comes down to division series. But what my point is, anything can happen. In MLB playoffs, that's why we love it. That's why we don't want to see it tinkered with. I know we had the pitch clock thing that happened this year, which we're going to see how that works out. Seems like it grew in baseball, and baseball's having a phenomenal year. Shout out to Rob Manfred. I cannot stand the guy, but you know what? He accomplished some goals this year. But I digressed. Rays versus Rangers, it's going to be a good series. A lot of runs, I believe, but I think the Rays Rays come out and, and, and take it. Moving on, Twins-Blue Jays. This is a tough one for me. Twins are trying to exercise some demons. Twins have a really good offense. They've been playing really well. Correa's a little banged up. Um, There's some issues going on. Twins have really good pitching, but so do the Blue Jays. I'm going to lean on the Blue Jays. I think the Blue Jays get it done. I don't think the Twins are able to exercise the demons and the playoff. Nightmares continue. I just don't think the Twins are that good of a team. That's why I went against them. Oh, so you didn't go you actually didn't go with all favorites. I apologize. I That's took the Blue Jays, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you took one. So you didn't you didn't do too bad there. Um, okay. So I believe our picks are the same then. Rays, Blue Jays already. Brewers, Diamondbacks. Moving on. This is very intriguing. The Diamondbacks have a very good 1-2. A really good 1-2. Um, starting pitching's been good. Their offense has been struggling though been struggling pretty badly. You can throw the last game of the season out. Diamondbacks weren't really trying to actually do anything. They pulled some starters and whatnot. Uh, The Astros had a a, you know throw that out, but they were trying to win the last two. Their offense has not been very good over the past couple weeks. I'm going to lean towards the Brewers. The Brewers, they have some injury problems in the starting rotation. They're missing one of their starters. He might miss the entire postseason i'm gonna lean towards the brewers i think the bullpen gets it done the offense arizona's ball offense is definitely better than the brewers uh the brewers have been up and down starting pitching is probably about the same i think maybe maybe the diamondbacks a little bit better but the bullpen i think the bullpen comes out shows out for the brewers brewers move on the phillies versus the marlins wow i'm really 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 torn on this one I don't think the Phillies are going to get it done. I don't see a repeat Phillies. You know, everyone's been talking about the NL is going to be the winner of the Phillies versus the Braves. It's all about the NL East. That's who's going to the World Series. And that might be true. But guess what? The Marlins are in the NL East too. I'm going to take the Marlins to win that. Upset the Phillies. Moving on to play the Atlanta Braves. In another NLE showdown,
0: yeah, I, that's my take. I think we got the same teams there. I well, you took the Phillies. Yeah, I got the
1: Phillies over the Marlins. Yeah, I got the Marlins over the Phillies. Really? That's my upset.
0: I guess I just assumed you were going to follow me on your picks, so I just assumed <laughs> you took the Phillies. You you knew Marlins you have been hot. Be right.
1: Marlins have been hot. They've been hot. I like the starting rotation too. Something I about just, Marlins. I just, I, just, I just don't buy them. Plus, I don't like that song. I don't like the Philly song. Get rid of that. I've been seeing that they've been coming out with that. I mean, you, you know what song I'm talking about? That they played all last year. It was exhaustion. It was so bad.
0: No, I mean, I, I know you're talking about a song. I don't know what the song is because I don't. I just, it's irrelevant to me. It means nothing.
1: Divisional round will begin on Saturday, October 7th. That's whenever the real fireworks start. Um, whenever but the just,
0: Astros start their World Series run.
1: Yeah, just, just to kind of bring this all back, anything can happen in a best-of-three series. It's so huge that the Astros were able to move it past there. Um, it increased their chances of actually repeating by, I would say, a factor of five, if I'm going to be totally honest. Um, we've seen the Astros not take care of business in three game series against the Royals against Oakland. It's hard to win in major league baseball. We throw out setting up your rotation, all of that, that goes to the first two seeds. It's really a crap shoot. Any of these teams could beat any other over the, you know, in a three game series. And that's why you don't see them that often. Um, but this is where we're at in major league baseball, um, with the expanded playoffs it seems to be working. Rob Manfred, everything he's doing seems to be hitting the right buttons. We'll see um, on, on how that works. But attendance is up. People are excited. Um, it's a great time to be a baseball
0: fan. Yep, it's a good time. It's the best time of the year. We got, we got football. We got playoff baseball. We've got preseason hockey. We've got a weird – starting up too. NBA starting up. We've got golf again. As we said, golf is going to be done. There's a weird new thing that they have in golf that is probably the stupidest thing the PGA Tour has ever done. Let's go get a whole bunch of the bottom guys and have them compete for their job. So it won't be exciting. It'll be a whole bunch of golfers you don't know. And baseball is really going to be where – the most excitement's going to be I love playoff baseball. So I'm ready to watch. That's what we got. I think it's time we wrap this one up for the people. Uh, yeah,
1: just, just real quick on playoff baseball. I know we hit on this a little bit earlier in the podcast about the pitch clock. Do you see the pitch clock maybe changing some dynamics in playoff baseball? This is where every pitch matters not able to really take your time. Are we going to see something where yes. the pitch clock really like yeah. comes into the forefront where we are like, wow, we didn't see that maybe happening in the regular season in 162.
0: Yes, but it's not going to be noticed by a casual baseball fan. It's not going to affect any ratings, views, anything like that. It's going to only really affect people that are die-hard baseball fans that are watching every single game night in, night out understand follow it follow the standings know the game it's not your casual baseball fan it's not your cat it's just not a casual it's not for the casual fan at all that's not who's going to notice it and it's fine it should be there leave it be we'll be good to go
1: awesome take us home BB.
0: yeah man before we finish there's one thing i gotta say Kudos to Sung J. M. and Su Woo Kim for going seventy—I think it's seventy-four or seventy-six—under in the Asian Games to not have to go to the military and continue to play on the PGA Tour. Besides that, that's all we got for you people tonight.
1: So you're you're telling me that they had to perform to avoid going into the military to actually go do their. Maybe, maybe the United States team should try to implement that a little
0: bit. <laughs> <We probably> <laughs> <will>. <laughs> hey, yeah, that sounds like a way we win a Ryder Cup in Europe. But
1: Yeah, exactly. You know. That I'd like to see that before I die. So
0: Yeah, man. Well, hey guys, like, follow, subscribe, tell us anything you want to hear about and what you want us to talk about. We've got two teams left in the Survivor League. These guys are battling it out and duking it out. So as soon as that's done, we'll get Get somebody on here for you. Guests are coming. We got a guest coming up and I think, two weeks, not next week, but the following week. Everything is looking on the up and up over here. The podcast is going to be changing with me going to Pittsburgh. Don't worry. We'll still bring your favorite Houston content that you could ever have as well as sports from around the country. Thank you for listening. We love you guys heapster great talking with you
1: absolutely be good enjoy tomorrow it's a great day playoff baseball let's do it bud